This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Again, we are celebrating some pretty special people in the house. We're going to get all of the mothers to stand up right now. Come on, mom. Stand to your feet wherever you are. Hey. Just no, don't sit down. Don't sit down yet. Mom, stand back up. We just want to say thank you for all of your sacrifice. Last Sunday, we talked about sacrificial love, and that applies to you as a mother. Um, you sacrifice in every way, and we know that only eternity will know, and only God knows how much you have given for your family. So again, we just wanted to say thank you to all of you. We love you. You guys can take your seat. So awesome to have my wife uh, here with me this morning, and she's going to try to correct any wrongs that I have said in the past about her. Um, <laughs> and I just want to take a second to honor her and my own mom who's sitting over here. Um, tremendous examples of motherhood, and I know that my daughters are very blessed to have Nicole as a mother. She is a, a tremendous blend of love and strictness, I would say, and they're, they're, she is uh, constantly in their face, excavating every measure of potential out of those two girls all of the time, and she just invests so much time uh, into them and into our lives, and we are definitely grateful for her. I'm speaking on behalf of my children this morning. Um, Um, So thanks, babe, for being here. Um, So we are in week three of our series, At the Movies, and we are just looking at some clips of movies and um, learning some biblical principles from those movies. And what I would say about a lot of the movies that are being put out today, uh, the reason that certain movies are working and are connecting with us, because they are actually portraying biblical principles. I'm going to read you a scripture here this morning that shows you why we might actually should be doing this. Maybe for some of you it's uncomfortable to watch a movie clip in church. Um, but Paul on Mars Hill, on Mars Hill, he's uh, talking to a bunch of people, and he references something very specific. And I just want to read that to you this morning. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. It says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is not... He's actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. This is the point I want to get to. And then Paul says, As even some of your own poets have said, For we are indeed his offspring. Now what Paul is doing here, he's actually quoting a secular or Greek poet. And he's teaching them some a transcendent truth or a biblical truth from something that exists in the context of culture. And um, he does this, we know, two other times in the New Testament where he's quoting a secular source, and we have it in our Holy Bible, and just a way for Paul to connect with culture, but then also to teach a scriptural truth. So week one, we, we talked about Shrek, and um, 
we, we, we talked about this principle of sort of being thrown into circumstances where we feel we don't qualify or maybe we don't measure up, but we talked about that God qualifies us. God is the one who measures us up. And then last week, we talked about Logan. Once again, I didn't necessarily recommend everybody go see Logan. Uh, if you don't like violent movies, don't watch Logan. Um, and then we talked about sacrificial love. And then this week, we are talking about hidden figures. So as opposed to Logan, don't watch Logan if you don't like action movies. But I recommend everybody go see Hidden Figures or watch it or stream it or whatever you want to do. It's an amazing movie. And uh, it follows the story of three amazing women and mothers who are, are, are facing opposition based on race and gender in the 60s in the United States, just facing a very difficult time trying to be defined by other people, but pushing past those limitations um, and choosing using a different identity based on what somebody else might be saying to them. I'm just going to read a scripture here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, neither is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, the scripture has ways to bring us together in Christ. What, what's happening in culture right now is culture is trying to tear us all apart, trying to separate us in a thousand different ways, but the scripture has the solution for us. The solution is in the gospel, that we are all one in Christ. And God has called us all from every kindred, tribe, and nation to be uh, in relationship with God because of Christ. And we all bleed red. Can I get an Amen. That we are all called to this wonderful relationship with God. And our, our church is a reflection of what heaven is going to look like. Just uh, people from every walk of life, every background, every skin color, every nation in the world. And we celebrate that as a city church. Don't we this morning? So once again, I'm just here to like hang out with my wife a little bit for a few moments. I'm actually... Is her, is her mic on? Is she going to get it? Hello, hello, hello. We'll wait because we need to hear what you say. Oh, yeah, let's do this, honey. You're, what? You're, you are here to look pretty. <laughs> I will do my best. Hello, hello. Okay. There we go. Right. So I, I'm just here to support her, and she thinks she's going to run over time, so she wants me here. So I, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't get that reference, but um, anyway, so I'm just here to hang out with my wife for half hour or so, and, and he, I get a front row seat. He is not joking. Seat. That is exactly why he's here. I would go over time 100%. And I, and I just want to be with you on Mother's Day. I want to be with you, babe. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, 11 a.m. service. Happy Mother's Day. This is so great to see the place full. It's just, it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's really cool. Um, I have had something on my heart for a while, and when I knew we were going to be uh, doing the At The Movies series, um, Brent said to me, Casey, here's some of the movies that we sort of pre-selected. Which one do you think uh, sort of fits in with what you're thinking? And this is a no-brainer. It was was perfect. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to see this movie. I don't think I saw it until it was out on Netflix. I think you had seen it before me kept saying go see it it's amazing it's movie. movie go go see it logan listen listen go see logan this movie is amazing Just okay i know yes here we go go see this movie it's incredible your kids it's it's a good movie for your kids to see it's a good movie go see it go see it uh i want to share on your identity 
the world is going to tell you who you are. People are going to tell you who you are. You sometimes are going to convince yourself of who you think you are. God is the only one who really knows who you are and who he created you to be. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because I think, I know I always need to be reminded and I kind of feel like maybe some of you in here with me are like me and it's good to hear it again. And especially when culture is breathing down your neck every second. And man, I have teenagers, it's no joke. So let's go there, all right? I think we search for our worth in a lot of different ways. And I'm going to say a shocking statement on Mother's Day, but I kind of like to be a little shocking sometimes. You are American, my love. It's okay. I I embrace it. (laughs) The truth is we are not our roles. Don't stone me on Mother's Day. I'm a mom, but we are not worth something because we're a mom. So if you are not a mom... And I celebrate every single woman and girl in this room. You are valuable. I don't even want to think about a world without you in it. So if you are not a mom, it doesn't matter if it's Mother's Day. We are also celebrating every single one of you today. We need you here. All right. You are important. I have two girls. I try to remind them of this all the time. And I had a mom that did the same for me, praise God. But you are not your role. You are not awesome because you're a mom, just because you're a mom. You're awesome, and some of us, most of us, I'm sure, are, are pretty good at it. We, we enjoy being a mom. In fact, I'm sure we all enjoy being a mom. We have moments. We have moments where it's rough, right? Let's be honest. But that doesn't mean we don't enjoy it in the long run, and it's an important role. But it's not our worth. We are not our responsibilities, and we all have them. And men, this is for you, too. We're all children of God, all right? You're not off the hook this morning. Absolutely, this is for you. We're not our education. And this is a big one for sometimes uh, women relate to this, but uh, you know, to a degree. But I think a lot of times I've read about this a little bit. Men really find their identity in their job. But we are not our job. We're not our title, and we're not our relationships, as awesome as they may be. That's not our value. These things are valuable. They have merit. They're important, but they are not our worth. They are not your true currency. Uh, I want to read a scripture in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks into the heart. He looks at the heart. Yeah. That's it. He sees your heart. And another scripture, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Here's the thing. We know this, but this this is what church is for because we need to hear it again and again and again to renew our minds. Culture is going to tell you they're important things, and you need to be those things. They're going to tell your kids this. They're going to tell us this, and, and we're going to buy into it to varying degrees if we're not careful. But those things don't have eternal value. Some of them are good, like our roles, like our jobs, like our relationships. And those things will have a measure of eternal value, but there are a lot of things that culture is pushing at us that are completely empty. And I know you're with me on this, and we, we could name them. Completely empty, and yet, as much as we know better, over time, we become numb to it. Little by little, those things begin to sort of um, color our thoughts. And before we know it, we're kind of just like everybody else. 
we've thought a thought that wasn't God's thought. God has a plan A. The enemy is always going to have a plan B. There's always a counterfeit for what is authentic and right. And culture, God bless them, we're part of it. Sometimes we're the problem as well. But often is always going to fall on the side of the counterfeit because it's easy. And because culture rejects God. Here's what culture tells us. This is kind of a newer concept, I think. I don't know. Uh, it's sort of a new agey concept. And I think sometimes it even trickles in a little bit to the church. And I'm going there. All right? Sometimes we're told, we are enough. We're enough. You're enough. Just as you are. Just, you're wonderful. Don't change anything. You are enough. You're perfect. You are just as you're meant to be for this. That's not true. <laughs> if that were true, Jesus didn't need to die. We needed Jesus. Right. God is enough. We will never be enough on our own. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing to say. Everybody relax. All right? God is enough. All right? But we aren't. We're not enough. Oh, my goodness. How long do I could stand up here? And, oh, goodness. How long do you have? We are not enough. Our performance, our accomplishments in this life will never complete us. How many of you can attest to that? A little older you right. got. It's like, you know, you go and you go and hustle, 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 hustle. They're never going to complete us. It's awesome. It's good to get that. But that's not, that's not going to fulfill you. We are not enough. Jesus didn't need to die. But he did. Thank goodness. And he is the reason we have value. He is our worth. 100%. And there is, there is no plan B. Pure and simple. We are not going to journey long enough far enough, deep enough, with enough people, having enough experiences to somehow magically arrive at wholeness. It doesn't work that way. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. We will never be enough, but God is. Here's something culture also says, and I love this because somehow simultaneously culture says to us, you will never be enough at the same time. Oh, okay, unless you get as close as possible to whatever culture is telling us right in this very second is worthy and valuable. Hang on, because it's going to change. But right this very second, unless you don't get as close as you can to lining up with where culture this world tells you to be, you have no value. Next, you're not important. The right car, the right political party went there, the right clothes, the right family, the right income, the right representation of ourselves on social media, the right boyfriend, the right husband, the right wife, the right girlfriend, the right school. Guys, it's empty. It's empty without Jesus. It's meaningless. Those things, some of those things, there's nothing wrong with them. But without Jesus, it's, it's meaningless. God's value system confounds culture. Right. And so... Sometimes when you're in church and you hear something, you're like, I don't know, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm not sure. Like, maybe maybe just take a minute and think to yourself, maybe that's because I'm buying in a little bit too much and drinking the Kool-Aid to what everybody out there in this world is selling me. Because God's ways confound culture. His thinking's different. And the heartbreaking part of it all is the world rejects God and that's why culture has to assign and reassign at breakneck speed the next big thing that deems us worthy of value. And it's exhausting. And you can't win. Because you're not supposed to play the game. It's done. Jesus said you are valuable. Done. 
Culture right. doesn't get a say in the matter at all. None of these things will satisfy people, not like Jesus can. And if you tiptoe down the path of culture's values, you're going to spring a leak. And I have done this. I'm almost 50 years old, and I have done this. There was a period in my life where, oh, my goodness, I tried so hard. I grew up in church. Listen, if you didn't grow up in church, I am happy you are here today because this is exactly where you need to be. I grew up in church, and church kids, some of you, and I know my husband has talked about this. If We joke about it, but in all seriousness, man, I saw my mom in church. I'm like, these people are weird. I don't want to be in here. I'm pretty sure I'm cooler than this, and I have my whole life ahead of me, so I'm just going to kind of maybe try something else. And I still went to church, but I was kind of trying something else on the side. If some of you are honest, you've done the same thing. Let, but, me, uh, just, yeah, go ahead. let me just make mention for all um, second-generation Christians um, you know that, and if you, you've grown up in church, your your parents brought you to church or made you go to church. Thank God for that. But also, you need to go on your own faith journey. Borrowed faith, which which your parents have given you, will only last so long. That you know, someone said it like this: that God has no grandchildren. That you have to do um, the work, in a sense, on your own to figure out who is Jesus. You know, your mom taught you something. Your dad or dad taught you something. Thank God for that. But you have to look at some things for yourself. You have to make your faith your own. Um, and and you're, you're not, you know, you can go destroy your life in the world if you want, but that's not going to help you find God. Look at the scripture and find out who Jesus said he was. Uh, you know, learn what he taught and then make the faith your own, not just what your parents have handed you. It's such an important thing to make faith your own for sure. So, sorry really to interrupt. really good. No, you should, you should be a pastor. <laughs> it's really good. I like the grandparent thing. God has no guts. That's good. That was the truth. And thank God at some point in my life, and it was probably a little later than it needed to be, but, you know, stubborn. God no. got a hold of Listen, you, no. you, you sit there. Look pretty. Okay, sorry. At some point, thank God. I made a change, and I, I recognized for myself. We're joking. I hope you guys know that, right? Like, I actually, <laughs> I actually love him and listen to him. Uh, but most, I, of the time. most of the time, most of the time. <laughs> but thank goodness I came around. Thank goodness I came around. I. But it's easy. It's easy to spring a leak. It's easy to think. Maybe culture is offering me something, even just a little bit. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna dip my toe in it a little bit, but the problem is that springs the leak. And when you spring a leak, you lose your influence on this world. Right. And that's a tragedy. Yeah. Because one thing this world doesn't need is another Christian that's lost their salt. All right. I know that's a harsh statement, but it's the truth. And teenagers, hear me. Don't waste time. You're not missing out. You're not missing out. Don't leak. I just want to encourage you because, again, I've been there, experience talks. You can't influence the world by being just like it. And people are looking for real. They need Jesus. We have Jesus. Protect it. Share it. Don't leak. Don't give up your influence. 1 Peter 1.18 For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty life, way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. I'm going to read one more scripture in Psalm 139, 13. 
For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. For your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's amazing. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. He knew you. He knows you. You're supposed to be here. You're valuable. Your identity is in Jesus. You're supposed to be here. Sometimes in culture, uh, we are told a lot of lies that we choose to believe, and it kind of it comes on us, and we see it in our thoughts. It start, always starts in your head, am I right? And then it's, a, then it's your words, and then it's your actions. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes we hear something, and it's good, and we're like, yes, yes, that's really good. Yes, I, I, believe, I believe that. Yes, that's good. I, I have my identity in Jesus. I am loved. I am valuable. I'm supposed to be here. Nicole, great. But then those other thoughts come in, and we've all, we've all been here with this. You know, I might be exempt just a little bit from the full value that you're talking about because of my past, because of some misguided decisions I made, because of some sin, because of some sin someone else committed. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it includes me. Maybe you've stalled out. Maybe you're not where you thought you would be by now, and so you think you're exempt. Maybe you're having doubts or you're doubting yourself. But someone who loves you as much as God would never make you earn it. When my first daughter was born, I didn't look at Avery, look down at her and say, I love you, but you owe me. (laughs) Now it's your turn to prove to me that you are valuable and all these sleepless nights and all this work, you're going to be worth it. And then maybe then you are going to have a good relationship with me and you're going to be valuable to me. That's not how it works. And God loves us so much more than we love our children. We'll never, ever, probably not till heaven, even understand the fullness of it. He would never, ever make it hard for you. He loves you, period. You exist, period. That's it. You're valuable. You're worthy. I'm going to make up a word. Brent says I make up words all the time, and I'm doing it today. (laughs) And I have a mic. Enoughness. All right? Enoughness. I like how this sounds, and this fits. Our enoughness always and will only be because of Jesus, not culture, Not our thinking that maybe doesn't line up with the word of God and the truth, but just Jesus. The world doesn't get to decide who is worthy, and you can't talk God out of how he sees you. He's already made the decision. It's finished. And my prayer for everyone in this place or listening would be that you would get to the place and you would hear my heart today that God is just waiting for you to believe it. You can't talk God out of it. Let the one who created you define you. The only one who created you has the authority to define you. That's what this movie makes me think about when I watch it. The one who created you is the only one who has the authority to define you. doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you think, your past. 
is done. 1 Corinthians 12:18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God placed. We are the children of the one true God and King. We are his idea. We are filled with his spirit. We have his gifting and his purpose poured into us. Each one of us, every single one of you sitting in every chair in this building, this includes you. Right. It doesn't matter what you feel like. And listen, feelings can be a strong influence, but it doesn't matter what you feel like. And it doesn't matter what culture, where culture places us on the meaningless sliding scale that it tries to put people. Well, I'm going to put you here. It's meaningless. It's empty. It doesn't matter where culture puts you. We need to remember who we are. We need to embrace whose we are. Right. Period. End of story. It will change your life if you really do this. And the crazy awesome thing is it's going to change the lives of people around you. Don't leak. Protect it. Hang on to it. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And last scripture, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Kind of sounds like he loves you. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God is so good. He's so good. Uh, Brent and I decided to put some questions together. I think we did this last year. Um, that we thought might help us kind of pinpoint if we were struggling in this area. This is just between you and God. I'm just going to read them out. And if you think that there's something here and it might help you, then I'll be really glad. Am I a cultural chameleon? Chameleon will change themselves for whoever they're around and the situation there. I Listen, I've been here, so nobody feel any condemnation. We've all done it, all right, especially when we're younger. But you're going to change for whoever you're with, whatever situation you're in. They take on the attitude and actions of their surroundings. But with God, you're bringing something. Right. You stand for something before you get there. This is something I tell my kids all the time. Think about what you're doing. Think about who you are. Think about whose you are. Don't just mindlessly make choices when you're in situations and with people. Who are you? You aren't looking to find value from a specific context. You aren't looking to others for your standards because you already know who you are. Am I wishy-washy? Wishy-washy people can't make decisions because they're afraid of making a mistake. So they make no decisions, and they're stuck. Are my emotions crippled? Sometimes uh, with low self-worth, it makes people focus only on themselves. And because they don't believe or they know that they are accepted, they are constantly looking to other people for reassurance. This is the opposite. Like I said, this is the opposite of what God has for us. This is not how he intended for it to be. He intended for us to all know with no question who we are, that we're his sons and daughters. We may be rejected by people, but we are accepted by God. Amen. Am I squandering my potential? This is one thing. You know, we're joking about it. But I, I will be in my girl's face for the rest of my days because I refuse to let them squander their potential. Now, 
mind you, I know they have a choice. 100% they do. But I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> when people feel like they aren't worth anything, they won't try anything. They will be happy to be mediocre because they don't feel like they deserve anything. You deserve to be happy because of what Jesus did for you. Amen. That's good preaching, babe. Oh, thanks. It's a good thing you're here. <laughs> Tell me that. Do I have true self-worth? Do I have God-worth? True self-worth comes from knowing God loves you just as you are. Yeah. That as a child of God, you are loved and accepted by him. And this is basically it in a nutshell. When you're secure in the fact that you don't have to prove anything to anybody in any situation, you have your own standards, you can focus on something or someone, hello, serving, other than yourself. When you have a strong sense of self-worth, you attempt things others won't because you're not worried about proving yourself. God already accepts me. I don't have to prove myself. It's very liberating. You will stand strong even in the face of opposition because you know you have value. Why don't you take the next two? Okay. Talking a lot. <laughs> you did so good. I just want to mention one thing about my wife. We've actually, we did something fun or foolish a week ago that we um, got another puppy. So for the past week, Nicole has been sleeping down on the sofa with Y'all, the two, I'm so tired. With the two so dogs. It's like and a newborn. you know what the, the puppy is seven weeks old. She's like three and a half pounds. And you know what's harder about we, we forgot. But what's harder about fur babies than human babies is fur babies have no diapers. So you have to like take them outside. So Nicole has been sleeping downstairs to be close to the door to take the dog outside so we don't have indoor accidents. So for the last week, I've been coming downstairs, and Nicole has been draped in dogs. Furry the, scarf. The puppy is like right around her neck, and and uh, so for lack of sleep, she has done an amazing job <laughs> this morning and preparing uh, for all that she has done so far in both services. This is what moms do all the time, right. am I right? <laughs> lack of sleep, no problem. So true. For humans, human babies are fur babies. She's there all the way. Um, the last week, the last couple of things that we want to ask ourselves is, am I hearing the right words? See, as Nicole has been bringing out, culture is going to say a lot of things to you. And what we need to do is replace those thoughts with the thoughts of God. And that's why we emphasize many times just your Bible reading, not for religious purposes, not just saying, oh, I'm going to read, you know, one chapter because I know somebody told me I should do that. Or I'm going to read for five minutes or something. But what we're wanting to do when we spend time with the scripture is we want to allow God to speak to us. That's a great way to think about your Bible. This is God speaking to me. And so when we sit down the scripture, we are allowing ourselves to hear the right words. We're allowing ourselves to know that our identity is in Christ. It's not in something else. It's actually a great Bible study sometime is to search in him and in Christ in the New Testament and to see all of the things that God has made you to be in Christ. We need to ask ourselves, am I listening to the right words? And then the last thing, am I staring at what I've done? or what Jesus has done. 
And this is so important in our lives, like Nicole made mention of, you know, sometimes we've we've made mistakes in our past, we've done some things wrong, and, and what can that can do is it can take all of our focus and we can stare at all of our imperfections and our shortcomings and all of the stuff that we've done in our past. But instead of staring at what we have done, we need to stare at what Jesus has done. And what he's done at the finished work of the cross, that he has done something for us in Christ so that we can actually have a brand new identity and know that we are worth something, that God has um, looked at us and said that we are worthy, that we are valuable based on what Jesus has done. That is so important for us. Babe, why don't you just uh, pray for us this morning before we are finished? All right, let's pray. God... We love you so much. You're so good. You've given so much to us. We're so, so grateful for all that you've done. And I thank you, Father God, that you're encouraging us today to remember whose we are, to remember who we belong to, that we're your daughters, that we are your sons, that we are valuable, and our identity cannot be found in something empty and changing and meaningless. Our identity can only and always be found in Jesus. Yes, thank you. And I thank you, Father, that you don't change, that you're good. And so that identity is powerful. And I thank you that you help us not to leak. If we're going to leak anything, I thank you, Father God, that you help us to leak love, your yes. love, you, that Lord. this world vitally needs. I thank you, Father God, that we hear your voice. I thank you that our children hear your voice and that we find significance in you and not in this world. And I thank you, Father God, that this world will never seduce our children. I thank you that they will hear you and they will follow your ways. Yes, thank you, Lord. I thank you. That's the mother's heart. And so we pray that today. And I thank you for each and every person in this place that they leave encouraged. I thank you, Father, that, that your words stay with them and by your spirit, you continue to water the seed that's planted today, that they are valuable, that there is hope and healing in you because you are always and only good. Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, babe. So much. So good. Can you say that last thing? Last thing. One more thing. This is important. Call your mom. Right? <laughs> if you haven't seen your mom like that last week or in the next few days, you're not going to see her in the next Please call her. And, and just an additional encouragement. I know not all of us in here. I'm close with my mom. I recognize that not everybody is. Some of you have lost your mom. I understand. I've lost a parent. It's it's very, very difficult. But if your mom is still here, I don't care if there's tension. Okay? Call her. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. We'll talk again sometime soon. Call her. Life's too short not to do it. Call your mom. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.